You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's back of the end zone. 45, 50, 45. There goes Davis. Oh, my God. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. He ran the missed field goal back. Holy cow. First and third, two out. Oh, Yo, Taylor, I, I'm really happy for you. I'm going to let you finish. But Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. We sitting here, I supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. Another chance to the left side. Hayes waits. The Yankees are champions of baseball. Come here to this gate. Open this gate. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Three, two, one. Happy 2000. James catches, puts up a three. Won't go. Back out to Allen. His three-pointer. Bang! Tie game! Adam Vinatieri. No time on the clock. And the Patriots have won Super Bowl 36. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? We, the jury, in the above entitled action, find the defendant, Orenthal James Simpson, not guilty of the crime of murder. Show me the money! Show me the money! What happened here? He got bent, I think. Oh, my goodness. Holyfield bit by a dirty Mike Tyson. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? The Bears are who we thought they were. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. But I want to say one thing to the American people. I want you to listen to me. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Jordan with 43, 17 seconds from game seven or from championship number six. Jordan open, Chicago with the lead. Worldwide Sports Radio Network presents Below the Mic. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. I just want to apologize for all the inconvenience that we had. Uh, Sean's computer crapped out on us. So, uh, Sean, are you there? I am here, yes. Okay, we got you on. Me, but you can hear me. Yes. Yes, and you keep going in and out. I don't understand why you keep going in and out, but are you on your phone? Can you hear me? Yes. Hello. Hello, Errol. Yeah, there, well, there you go. I, I, I just want to let everybody know that you can follow us by going to our website at www worldwidesportsradio.com you can follow us on all our social media by going to periscope twitter instagram facebook and snapchat uh sports it was sports on the go go on but now it's worldwide sports radio network uh, i'm a little flabbergasted today because of this whole situation we've been working on this all week trying to get this thing situated and, and set up and obviously uh things just uh happen so unfortunately yeah, but- I'm flabbergasted by the contract the Phillies gave to Bryce Harper. Thirteen years? Are you kidding me? Thirteen? We were we were told that MLB teams did not want to go to nine, ten years, and we get a the Philadelphia Phillies giving Harper a thirteen year deal. That was surprising to me when that came down today. It's interesting because when you look at Bryce Harper and you look at his talent, and and, and, and to me he's inconsistent. He's an inconsistent player. We've seen him year in and year out be inconsistent. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you're looking at a player that just got probably – it is the biggest contract, the the longest and the 
the the most uh, the huge the hugest contract we've seen an, a major league player get three hundred and thirty million dollars for thirteen years. It's an incredible contract, and and to me, what what was different about this contract than all the other contracts, especially the Manny Machado, is the yeah. it wasn't there there wasn't a no trade clause. The the, the there was there was no opt out. No yes, right. So Harper is locked in for thirteen years. Advantage. Philadelphia Phillies because $25.4 million a year for Harper in five, six years, that's going to look really good if he lives up to the 2015 Bryce Harper, the MVP Bryce Harper. But like you said, he's terribly inconsistent. Last year, just batted 249. His war was and wins above replacement 1.3. That's not a guy you want to pay $25 million a year to. So if he's a 2015 Harper, great deal. Deal. If he's the 2018 Harper, not such a great deal. But only 25 a year with no opt-out, player opt-out. That's not. That's a good deal for Philadelphia. Twenty-five million dollars a year. So if you yeah, average it out, it's twenty-five. Highest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is not a lot. I mean, considering Zach Greinke's getting thirty-four a year from the Arizona Diamondbacks, not as long as a, a, a of a contract. Uh, contract, but still, annually twenty-five a year for a guy like Bryce Harper, I'll take that because he's going to be somewhere in between twenty fifteen and twenty eighteen, right? If you really want to be fair, he's not going to hit three thirty like he did in twenty fifteen. I don't think so. Maybe next year. He'll have that peak year, but throughout his contract with the Phillies, he'll be more about maybe 280. He'll have a high on base percentage. He'll hit 35, 40 home runs a year. He'll, he'll be productive, but I don't know if he's a 2015 Bryce Harper that everyone expected him to be when he was drafted number one overall by the Washington Nationals. Absolutely, and and the opt-out clause I think was the best part of the contract for Bryce Harper because it's it's all guaranteed money. It's all yeah. guaranteed money for Bryce Harper. So if he decides to retire, and, and there's quite quite possibly could happen, I don't see Bryce Harper playing another 13 years in the major leagues. So the fact that, well, no, he, I don't. Well, he has money on the table that he probably does not want to leave on the table. So he's going to play out this contract, Daryl. Well, I mean, he's not going to leave the money on the table. Well, he's not. Now he's not leaving the money on the table. Here's the thing: it's guaranteed. You do? No, it's guaranteed money. It is guaranteed, just like Bobby Bonilla was guaranteed money when. Well, no, that was injury. Injury. That was due to injury, though. I understand that. Yeah. I. I. This is play shenanigans like that, like like David Wright. Mm -hmm. You know. He's not going to retire. Want to collect his money, so he's on the DL for like the last three years. I don't think he's going to. Yeah, I I don't think he's going to retire, but I I I do believe that he'll find a way to make to get his money. But that's guaranteed money. That's there's no there's no doubt about it. Even if he does retire, well, insurance pays that money, so he is going to get that money no matter what. So. That that's the thing about this this particular move for the Philadelphia Phillies, and they wanted him. They absolutely wanted him. You look at the contracts that you saw Manny Machado get. He got the 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 ten year three hundred million dollar contract. He wanted his three hundred million dollar contract, and and you see that he has an opt out clause after five years. Bryce Harper wants to be somewhere. He wants to stay somewhere. And remember, Bryce Harper just got a beautiful brand new home in, in, in Washington. Washington, D.C. is not far from Philadelphia. It's about four hours away. So I think this was a great move for Philadelphia, especially in the middle of that lineup, lineup now with JT Real Muto. I really, really like this yeah. move for them, and it really solidifies the middle of their lineup. Absolutely. They are the favorites in the NL East over the Mets, over the Braves. I think the Braves are. I think the Braves are. No, I I put Philadelphia over them simply because that lineup, Real Muto, you have Herrera, 
Now you have Harper, Hoskins, Franco. You have a deep lineup. They're going to have a smash. Uh, you know, pitching-wise, not as deep, but they still have Aaron Nola and they still have Jake Arrieta. That's a solid one-two. David Robertson's in the bullpen, and bullpens you never know from year to year anyway. They do need more arms in the bullpen. Maybe they could go get Kimbrough, who's a free agent uh, closer out there. Maybe they could sign him. Maybe they're not done. But I like the lineup a lot. And, and the Braves, they're a young team. They're still very young. Uh, for them to so is Philadelphia. What they did last year. Philadelphia is yeah, pretty young too. It's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, you added Josh Donaldson to that lineup. You have Acuna Jr., who looked really, really good. This guy's a superstar yeah. waiting to happen. You still have Freddie Freeman. You brought Brad, you brought back Brian McCann. He, I, I'm, it looks like uh, Nick Marquez. Uh, McCann's finished. McCann's finished. He's, bum. he's a bum. How could yeah. you say he's a bum? He in the National League? The in the player. National he's League, he's, he's a bum? placement player. Oh, give he's me a break. How many home runs did he have last year in the American points, League? But McCann's done. McCann's done. I, I don't think he's done in the National League. Maybe in the American League. I don't see it in the National League. This guy fits perfectly in that ballpark. Left-handed power, which they built that ballpark for him. Right. I, it's one yeah, of it's his swing. Yeah, Look, Freeman's a great player. Mm-hmm. Acuna is a, is a great player. All those guys that you mentioned. Uh, don't forget about uh, Albies. Segura, How about Al- Albies? Oh, Albies? Yeah, oh yeah, they, they, they're all young kids. For them, like it's just like with the Yankees to expect Andujar to duplicate what he did last year. That's a big, you know, the sophomore slumps. You ever hear about that? Oh that's yeah, a big thing to a lot of pressure to put on these kids. But the Braves have a great team, no, no question. They're definitely right there with the Philadelphia Phillies. I have advantage Philly uh, over them just because of the depth uh, they have offensively and because of the experience they have as well. Um, but but what does this do for the the Nationals though? This is interesting to me. The Nationals couldn't match this offer. They couldn't make a better offer. I'm I, I, like, what are they trying to do? This is their franchise marquee player, the guy they drafted number one overall. He is the face of their franchise. They couldn't come up with this money. Well, they, they, they well they have other faces to their franchise. They still have Max Scherzer there. They still have Steven Strasburg there. They have a lot of stars, and they brought in pitching in the, the offseason. Oh, well, absolutely did, but they also a paid a pitcher $140 million in the offseason. So I don't know if they so wanted to go – I don't know if they wanted to go to 330. I, no, they, apparently they didn't. Yeah, they didn't want to go. They paid so Corbin a lot of money. Yeah, no, what does it say about Harper? It's it, the Nationals who know him, he was the face of their franchise. He's young, 26, relatively young. Mm-hmm. What, why wouldn't they go and match this offer from Philadelphia or go higher? It, it's Harper, it's this great, great player. It's really, really interesting because when you look yeah. at the National League East and you look at the Mets and the moves that they made, they added Robinson Cano. Uh, they, they're expecting Cespedes to come back in the second half, and and they yeah. really gave a little bit more depth to their lineup. And they do have that great pitching staff. The problem, the problem right now, when you look at this particular team, the Philadelphia Phillies, their pitching staff is really not that good. It really it's isn't. Not. So yeah, once you get past Nola and Arietta, you're right. And listen, I think Arietta's going to bounce back. He had injuries last season. Uh, he's not uh, uh, that old. I, I expect him to bounce back. But you're right. There's not much depth there. And, and and pitching wins championships. And that's why I just don't think, out of all these teams, I think the Braves have the most depth with their pitching staff and some of the young pitchers that they're having come. They're they're going to be calling up this year, and their bullpen is going to be a lot better. I'm hearing still that Kimbrel is still in the looms. They could get Craig Kimbrel. Before the season starts, and now that now that Bryce Harper signed and Manny Machado signed, now you're going to see guys like Dallas Keuchel sign, Craig Kimbrel yeah. sign. The now everything, all the dominoes are going to start to fall because of the big names falling off and and coming off a of free agency. 
So should the Phillies go out and get a Keuchel? Should they pay a big contract to him? Now I don't they think have they have. The loop? They're a win now team. Yeah, yeah I, I don't. They have to win. I don't think Keuchel's going to them. I don't think they're going to pay Dallas Keuchel a hundred million dollars because he's going to want at least four years, hundred million. This is still a guy well, that won a Cy Young a couple years. He's still out there. Yeah, I. Here's the thing, and I understand what you're the saying. Aren't giving to him. No, no, the Astros aren't giving it to him, and I, no. the and a lot of people thought the Yankees weren't going to give it to him, but the Yankees have no interest in bringing him in. That's why they went after the players that they added, and they added Paxton in the offseason in a trade. I, I I agree with you in a lot of things that you're saying, but I also look at these teams in the National League, and you look at the pitching staff of the Braves. I think that the youth of their pitching staff is just. It's unbelievable. You have pitchers like Kevin Gossam and and Charlie Culberson and and I mean not Charlie Culberson. I'm sorry, Mike uh, Felnwich and and Sean Newcomb. Yeah. I mean and Julio Tehran. I mean there's a there's Julio Tehran. Yeah, yeah. where's the ace though? They don't have an Aaron Nola. Well, Tehran is Tehran a Tehran is an ace. Used to Tehran is an ace. They're more depth. I definitely would take the Philadelphia Phillies. From one to twenty-five over the Braves, but it's close. It's close, but I, I do like Philadelphia just because their hitting is just so much better. So yeah. Joel is above them. I mean, Freeman's Freeman's very good, very underrated. Acuna, like you said, you mentioned those guys, but you know, a lot of pressure for those guys to put up the numbers they did. You're absolutely like, right. Ago. You're absolutely but right. Here's the, I want to talk about the Mets a minute. Mm-hmm. The Mets are definitely the third team in that division, right? But they don't have to win as many games as, as the Philadelphia Phillies. Or the Braves. They just got, got to get into the playoffs. That's all they have to do. Once the Mets are in the playoffs, uh, and what is that magical number? 87, 88 wins? I would, say, I would say about 87, 88. You're right. Yeah. Well, if they can reach that number, that's all they should uh, uh, try to get to. They are the favorites in the National League if they get into the playoffs. With DeGrom, Syndergaard, and Wheeler, you, you're not going to touch them. They they would be unstoppable. They would be the favorites in every game in the playoffs with that pitching staff. But we don't know what Wheeler's going to do this year. And and Noah Syndergaard oh, and, and, and Noah Syndergaard. Did you see what he did last year yes, in the second half? half, ten and one. Yeah, and, and yeah. almost a almost exactly a two ERA. We 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 know how Wheeler and I like Wheeler. I, I I thought Wheeler when they made that trade for Carlos Beltran to San Francisco, and he was the second pick in in the first round. Uh, what was it, six years ago, seven years ago, I thought he was a stud, and, but he really didn't develop. He had that Tommy John surgery. Well, he's injured, too. Yeah. A he's lot had, of injuries. Yes, uh, obviously, and now he's figuring things out because you have um, Mickey there, and Mickey's helping him out, and Mickey's ha- has helped a lot of pitching staffs over the years, but Cleveland really developed their skills. But here's the thing, uh, and I know what you're saying about the Mets. Mets have a great pitching staff. Their bullpen is and still bullpen. Ske- Their bullpen is skeptical. I mean, seriously. They have the best closer out of those three teams that we mentioned. Yes, they, they have, have Diaz, closer. but Diaz needs to prove yeah. it again. He, he's only done it one year in the American League, and he did it in Seattle. Lightning stuff, though. You know, when you're a closer, though, you, you just have to, if you have that great stuff, those two pitches, that, I mean, it's so much easier for them to duplicate their seasons as opposed to the starting pitcher when they get figured out and they have to go to a third or fourth pitch. But then they also have Familia now as a setup man. I mean, they're they're good. I mean, the Mets are they're really good. The only thing about the Mets, you don't know what you're going to get offensively out of the Mets from a lot of guys. I, I, I'm still be. I'm still skeptical yeah. about their bullpen. Yeah. I I really don't like their bullpen. I, I do like they Diaz. Better bullpen than the Phillies. Yeah, right now. But you you know the Phillies. Yeah. You know the Phillies aren't done. If they're going to spend money, they're not they're not done. They're going to add at least another bullpen arm sometime in the middle of the season. They're going to yeah. 
and they have the talent and, and they have the ability to stay in games because of their offense. I don't think the Philadelphia Phillies have enough pitching to win. And I think they're going to have to make another big move sometime in the middle of the season to land themselves another pitcher because two guys is not going to take them to the promised land. Now, a lot of people were saying today after making this move, that gives the Philadelphia the best chance of winning the, the National League East. I beg to differ. Yeah. I still think the Braves are the better team. I think adding no Donaldson, way. adding Donaldson no to that middle of that lineup, he had a bad season last yeah, year. He stay healthy. That that's it. Donaldson. That's it. But if yeah, he but stays he healthy, healthy in the National it's League, big, big risk. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's always a risk. Bryce Harper's a risk. So not, no, not 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 health wise. Not you know he's going to go out there day in day out and give you you know a certain number of uh, games. Whereas Donaldson, you don't know that, right? And that's a big that's a big concern. Yes, you everything's know, thing, though. Yeah. Yeah, but but the Mets, like I said, they have a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. But if I'm a Mets fan, I don't worry about the Phillies and the Braves. I just worry about making the playoffs. You got to get to that magical number, and then your team's set up. I if agree. This comes back in August, and he's going to be motivated if the Mets are in it. The Mets are in it, and that that'll be a big plus. But Harper, congratulations, uh, huge deal, and it's great to see that, that finally owners are spending money in Major League Baseball, and we could finally get get onto the regular season and stop talking about the Manny Machado and Bryce Harper. And, and now uh, I do want to get into this story. Jason Witten returns to the Cowboys for one year worth about $3.5 million. Is this a smart move? What do you think? Well, I mean, what is he going to really add? Just leadership, you know, for a young uh, football team. Dak Prescott's still young. Uh, everyone looks up to him. You know you know what you're going to get from Witten. He's not really going to add much in terms of catches and touchdowns. But I just want to put a, a little bow on the worst broadcasting career in the history of broadcasting. That's Jason Witten. Congratulations, you're the worst broadcaster ever. You really and think so he was that bad? I'm bl- oh, he, he was really bad. Yeah, he was bad. He was in over his head. You know, goodbye. Go back to football. You, you'll never see him in a booth ever again. Maybe a studio show. He'll never do play-by-play. He'll never do. He'll never be the analyst. On a, on a football game ever again because he was horrible. One of the worst ever. What a mistake he's made. They're glad they're getting rid of him. They're glad he's going to play football again. It's interesting because I like Jason Witten. I think he's one of the best tight ends of all time. He sure, really he's a Hall of Famer, but, oh, but he's still a terrible broadcaster. No, and I'm, I'm not even talking about his broadcasting career. I just yeah. looking looking at his well, his he's talents. Years old. What, what do you expect from him to add to this team? Not much. Well, he should have never retired the first time. I, I think that he had a lot right. more left left last year. I, I don't understand why he retired. I guess he thought that he was going to be a better broadcaster and making five million or whatever he got between three and five million dollars, making that kind of money than playing the football game. But I remember Brett Favre. He retired and he came back. You, you see these guys; they retire and they think they could stay away from football. That's why Tom Brady is still playing at the age of forty-one, going to be forty-two, because he doesn't want to stay right. away. He can't stay away from the game and the speed of the game and the continuity of the players. Yeah, I understand that. Listen, if he can play football at that level, go go for it. You know, you only have a certain number of years, X amount of years to play the game. So good for Jason Witten. But his last year in the NFL, 2017, 63 catches, 560 yards, five touchdowns. Not exactly Travis Kelsey out there. So I don't know. And now it's two years later. He's older. I don't know how much he could really add to the, to the Cowboys, but as far as the intangibles, leadership, 
and all that. Yes, it, it's a good move. He could groom a, a tight end. They could draft someone. He's so also a good move for, for them. He's also Dak. He's also Dak Prescott's blanket, and that's something that Dak Prescott all season yeah. long did not have until they got yeah, Amari Cooper. Yeah, that'll help. I mean, it'll help in the red zone. I guess it'll be a nice target, big target, big dude. But it's you're expecting this to put the Cowboys over the top? No, no, no. I don't. I don't it, think it, a move this like this. Is more of a story of good ratings. You know, get get out of the booth because you stink, and you know, do something else with your life. Because you now, really don't now, like him in the booth, huh? Monday night football. Oh, he was horrible. I mean, that's the he's a nice guy. You know, this is nothing personal. He was just bad at, at, at broadcasting. That's it. He, Everybody he, on ESPN is horrible. <laughs> Everybody on ESPN is horrible. <laughs> I know, I know. I know. I wonder if ESPN called up the Cowboys and said, hey, listen, you got to get this guy back. We'll pay you. <laughs> we'll give you the contract. We'll pay you for the contract. Just sign him. <laughs> It's unbelievable. But you want to know something? That that's the intriguing part of football and football players. How far could they or how long could they stay away from the game? Especially speed of game, especially how good he was all those years. And and he, Jason Witten is one of the greatest tight ends of our era. I think he's a top three tight end. He's going to the Hall of Fame. He's a Hall of Famer. And I think Jerry Jones wanted to bring him back last year. I, I really do believe that. I do too. I do too. And that, that that's a great point you bring up. Why didn't he come back last year? Because I'm thinking now he there was truth to the rumor he was looking to get back in late October, I think it came out. And then he denied it, of course. But why didn't he? Like, if there was truth there, like, because obviously he still wants to play. He still thinks he could play because he just signed a deal to go back. You know, it would have been interesting for, to see if he uh, went back in, middle, in the middle of the year to see what he could, would have added to that team. Because, you know, I mean, his leadership, he can't be undervalued. It, it, it's a big deal. They missed him. At some point, at points last year, so uh, that in that respect, it's a good move for the Cowboys. But as far as numbers and making the team better, as far as like tangibly, tangibly, uh, I don't see it. No, and I agree with you. I, I think that yeah. when you look at Jason Witten and his talents, I don't know. I don't know if he could do the things that he did in the past, but I think he will help Dak Prescott in certain areas of the game. And and Dak Prescott had problems in the playoffs. You saw against the Rams what happened in in the middle of the flats and trying to throw the ball to Ezekiel Elliott on in the flats. And Ezekiel Elliott is not a guy that's going to catch the ball like Le'Veon Bell. Uh, in their screen passes and stuff like that. He needs a guy that is going to get into the middle of the field, he's going to take the hit, or he's going to even hold uh, hold a pass rusher and give him some time so he can throw the ball. So uh, it's an interesting story. Interesting story. Next story. Go ahead. Yes. Go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I was going to say, Le'Veon Bell, you mentioned him. Mm-hmm. Should the Jets spend no. the money and, and no. throw the book, throw no. the bank, bank book at um, Le'Veon Bell? No. And I and I I hearing stories now with Antonio Brown and, and and if you watched him on the elliptical the other day and and the things that he was saying and and how cocky this guy is and everybody says that Antonio Brown he's the he's the best free agent we've seen in a very very long time in the free agency market or, well he's not a free agent but he's he's on a trade block but to me he's he's a free agent because they already said they're going to trade him so uh, to me yep. when you look at Antonio Brown and and the talented player that he is. He's 31 years old. He wants to, he wants to it, wherever he gets traded, he wants to redo his contract. He wants to get more money up front. And I, I don't know if he, even though he's in great shape, I don't know if he has as many years left. Like Odell Beckham is 25 years old. Odell Beckham has another five, six good years left because he's young and his legs are young and he's, he has a, a lot of youth to him. He's six years younger than Antonio Brown. And Le'Veon Bell, yeah. I like Le'Veon Bell. I think he's a talented player. But I don't want a selfish player 
Okay, this guy's well, a selfish Antonio player. Brown. I don't know if Le'Veon Bell's selfish. Yeah, he's selfish. He was he was going to get he was he was getting franchised last year for almost fourteen million dollars. He decided right, he had no security in a football. You know, running back security. That's guaranteed money. That's guaranteed good money. No, good for him. But he has no security after that season. He deserved a, a, some kind of a deal. Uh, you know, the, the, the fact that the Steelers didn't want to give him a long term deal, they feel that you know they didn't want to commit to a running back who's going to be in his 30s because running backs usually are washed up by their 30s. So I get it from their point of view, too. But I can't fault a guy like Le'Veon Bell who wants to hold out because he knows he only has an X amount of carries in him. Why do you want to put it out there? And well, if he wants because you're taking an organization that don't want to give him any financial security. I have no problem with what he did. I, I do. Antonio Brown quit on his team and they had a chance to make the playoffs. He's selfish. I don't want him on my team. Hold on. Le'Veon Bell quit on his team. He could have played. He could have no, played. The, no, no, he did not. Yes, he did. In, second, Sean, in the second. Sean, in the second half. Sean, in the second half of the you season. Would, you would not. You would, you would not. If you were in Le'Veon Bell's situation, go out there and risk your livelihood. For a team that doesn't want to give you livelihood, any, you know, he was getting thirteen million dollars. He was getting thirteen that's million dollars. No, but that's it, one year that—that's that, no security. Todd Gurley got a deal from the Rams. All right, so at the trade deadline, when he could have came, he could have came in for the the second, like the five games or six games left of the season, they and he could have made. They, they didn't want him at that point. What they, do you they, mean they, they didn't want him? They Carter. gave him. They gave him the offer. They he didn't take it. They're, they're yeah, but they point. wanted yeah. Le'Veon Bell to come back. They they were expecting Le'Veon Bell to come back, and he decided at the last minute, you know what? I'm going to sit out for the whole season, and I'm going to wait and, good, and get my money next good. year. You should have gave him a long-term deal. I don't have a problem with that. Long-term yeah, deal? He's 27 years old. And that's it. He, he's done. That's it. He's done. He's not going to get uh, a long-term deal. I, I, beg, I beg to that, differ. That, that it was cheap, and they didn't want to give him any money? Well, no, everybody knows Brown the Pittsburgh Steelers are, that's are very. The guy that's, that's more of a cancer in that locker room. I, I think Le'Veon Bell is as selfish as Brown is. Live Mike Tomlin's press, uh, you know, post game speech and all that. Like, what is he doing? Like, uh, I'm glad that they're getting rid of Antonio Brown, but Le'Veon Bell is he worth it though? That's the question. Like, I look, I don't think he's a selfish player, but on the other hand, is he worth the money that he wants to be the highest paid? running back in the NFL. I don't know. He might be a product of that system in Pittsburgh because we saw what James Conner did in his absence. I think he's going to be fine. I, I think he's going to be fine wherever he goes, but I do believe, I beg to differ with what you're saying. I, I think Le'Veon Bell is absolutely selfish, and he's all yeah, about himself. because he wants to get paid like he should. Like uh, he, he and he would paid. if he just waited. If he just waited. Sean, if he just waited one more year, he would have been a free agent this year anyways. But they, you know what they could have done? They could have franchised him again because he didn't play a whole season. But they didn't even he do that. They just want to get rid contract. of him. Ben Roethlisberger got a contract extension when he had Ben Roethlisberger's a quarterback. A running so back, please. How about, well, hold so on, hold on. What, you, that's what, you, you're going to be cool with that? Oh, an, well. An average, an average. I'm just a running back. I could go out there and I could risk my livelihood. My, absolutely. My and, and get injured and, and not be worth a damn for, for any team. No way. No. Good for him. No. The, the Steelers, look, I, I, I don't blame the Steelers for doing it. They're like, oh, listen, he's not worth it. Fine. But I don't blame Le'Veon Bell. He's not selfish. It's business, man. Business and business, and you put your team in a situation where you you cost them a chance to make the playoffs. I think if Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown cost him a chance. Uh, to so did Le'Veon Bell. So did Le'Veon Bell. He quit it on him. Contract. Uh, Emmitt Smith held out as well. No one calls him a selfish player. Who, Emmitt Smith? Yeah, he uh, held out in the second year of the, the 93 
He missed the first two games, and then the, the Cowboys gave. Yeah. Oh, uh, there you go. Job. There you go. The Cowboys gave after two games. They weren't going to give on Le'Veon Bell because they gave him security. Franchising so for fourteen million dollars. Sean, come on, man. Fourteen million dollars he would have made last year. Right, he's a running back. Those guys don't last long. So what are you? Well, all right, and so he has to get the contract when he can. All right, That's so you're 26 years old. You're going to get 14 million dollars, yeah. and you're expecting to make about 15 million a year for the next five years. That's what he wants. He wants a I 15. Mean, he wants 15, 16 million for five years. That's what he wants. So you're going to tell yeah, he me. Gave it up. For for two million dollars less, you're not going to take the contract. That's not guaranteed money, anyways. Football, you're not getting guaranteed money. They're giving you, right, you a, get, they're you giving you a bonus. Out, you get a signing bonus. That yes. Guaranteed. What right, is that? So right. Hold on. What is that? So what is this signing bonus? If he gets a fifty million dollar contract in the offseason, what is this signing bonus? Twenty eight. Depends on what he negotiates. Twenty eight. Twenty could be thirty million. All right, thirty million dollars. He was getting a guarantee close to fifteen million dollars last year to play in twelve, uh, twelve to thirteen games because you know he doesn't play the whole season. So Le'Veon Bell was probably going to play twelve, thirteen games last season for fifteen million dollars. Why wouldn't you, you take you that? No, he was right, but that was the second year he was playing on the franchise tag. You do realize that? Yeah, right? I know that. Yeah, I know. All right, so then what did the Steelers expect for him to, you know, after outperforming his contract? Sean, Sean, and then playing how much did he get? Sean, how much did he get franchised last year? Again? Sean, how many? That's not being selfish. That's being smart, and I don't have a problem with that because he was worth more to that organization for what he did, laying it on the line, the style of play that he, he's a receiver plus a running back. He's really involved in the offense a lot. He deserves a contract, and for him not to get it, I have no problem with him uh, um, sitting out the year. No problem at all. That doesn't mean he's selfish. I have a problem with it, and that's why I don't want him on the Jets. I want to stay far, far away from well, Le'Veon Bell. I don't want him on the Jets, maybe because he might not be worth the money that he wants. No, he's so he's said, worth. I don't have a problem. With he, he's not giving it to him. I just have a problem with you calling him selfish. He's selfish. Se- he's selfish, and he's not. It's he, business, he's man. worth it. He's worth it. Here's here's the business. Here's the business. When you want a team to pay you the fifty, sixty million dollars, you're going to sit out on your team when you had the opportunity to make fifteen million dollars and help your team go make a playoff that run. Is that is hurt. selfish. That's not going to hurt him. Oh, it all. absolutely you're will. Team, no, it won't. My team's going to open up the, the bank account. They'll open up the checkbook. I can't wait to see no this. Doubt about it. And the it might be the Jets. No, it won't. Might be the team. It won't be the we'll Jets. See. It won't be the Jets. Anyways, we'll before see. we go to break, before we go to break. John Tavares returns to the island tonight. Should yeah. the should the fans boo him or give him their grace? Was he booed in his return to the to the ice there for the Isles? I don't know. I'm yeah. I'm not watching the game. So <laughs> I'm, trying to check Twitter. I'm trying to check Twitter and Twitter to see the reaction. I don't think he should be booed. That's what I was He definitely should be booed. No Absolutely way, should be booed. That franchise nine years, nine glorious years, right? Glorious years. Hold on, glorious years. No, did did he did no, besides one series? Besides one series, did he ever get out of the first round? That's a crappy franchise. The Cleveland Browns of the NHL. Do you want to sign a long term deal? What faith would you have in them? Okay, doing doing the right thing. I I wouldn't believe the Islanders' ownership and their their Really? Where are they right now? They have Lou Lamorello there. He they added arguably one of the greatest GMs in NHL history. They added arguably the best coach in all of the NHL and hey, Barry Trotz. Hey, did the Knicks add one of the greatest coaches in NBA history to their front office? How'd that work? Oh, out? Well, 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 Phil Jackson never was a GM. He was never an executive. <laughs> <All> right, well, <laughs> They're idiots. The Knicks are idiots. We all thought we all Donnie Walsh. 
another guy who was he was good. Well, Donnie Walsh was good. You know, Pacer executive. How did that work? Donnie out? Walsh was good. Because of James Dolan, you, 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 some franchises are just they they can't get out of their own way. But as far as booing, he went home to Toronto. <laughs> he turned down a bigger deal from the San Jose so, Sharks. So let me ask it you a question all about the money. He wanted to go home. He's a Canadian. He's, a, he's from Toronto. He's a you, you, you all saw the picture of him as a kid. Uh, in his, in his Toronto, pajamas. Uh, That's why they call him Pajama Boy. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, 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 I know. Which is a little stupid. Why I mean, is Why is it the, stupid? They don't want even... They're so stupid. They're so petty. Why, why, why is... Oh, hold on. You have a hapless franchise to go home. Hold on one second. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on, Sean. You're 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 taking shots at the fans and telling the fans that they should go home and they shouldn't be doing yeah, their things. This is a guy, Sean. Sean, this is a guy. Sean, this is a guy that told the Islanders organization last year not to trade him at the trade deadline because he didn't want to get traded to Toronto because he didn't want pieces to be let go where he had the opportunity next year to go to the organization and not give up first-round draft picks or any talent so he has a chance to win a Stanley Cup with Toronto. He is a selfish player. He was selfish. That's what he did. He screwed the Islanders, and he thought he set the Islanders back. Instead, he helped the Islanders out because the Islanders realized they don't need him. They can do it without him, and they have enough money in the offseason next year to get a Panera, or they can get a Stone. They can get, well, Stone just signed with uh, Las Vegas, but th- they can get a Matt Duchesne. They can get a big-name player now, and they don't have to spend as much as that. W- the, what they're going to pay John Tavares, because John Tavares wanted a nine- or eight-year deal from the Islanders worth about $90 million. and he got he, he took a less contract that the Islanders offered him. The Islanders were going to offer him nine, nine years, $90 million. Instead, he took a so seven-year, $77 million. What, he's selfish he because selfish he if he turned down more money to return home. Uh, easy, easy. He was selfish because he told the Islanders he didn't want to get he traded because he it, would take the most money. Why did he tell everybody that he he loves the island and he doesn't he doesn't see himself playing anywhere else last year? And then all of a sudden, what do you mean? Who, who says that? When who tells the fans that? And, you know, come on, so you you want the fans now. not to boo him after that? He went out there and well, said I mean, that what, what week about, in and week what, out. Nine years he gave to the franchise. Does that, oh, does yeah. that count? Nine years of what? Nine uh, years of what? Was he the captain? Was he, was he the captain? Yeah, so was. So was Anders Lee. What has he done? Well, all right, but I mean, that doesn't matter to you? What about the nine years of you watching him? Pierre Turgeon, he was the captain. Did he do anything? He left? Well, he went home. Pierre from Long Island. Pierre Turgeon. Pierre Turgeon. What did he do for the Islanders? I can name a bunch of captains that did nothing. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. I mean, seriously. I mean, I don't care how long he was there for the Islanders. When it came down to it, he told the Islander organization not to trade him because he wanted to stay there. And then he. And Listen, the, Errol. Yes. Errol. Go ahead. How are the Isles doing this year? They're doing okay? They're doing very good. Yeah. Okay. Move on. Time to move on, right? Well, they're moved on, but they're not going to move I on mean, with this guy. He's worrying about. Well, why are they worried about John Tavares calling him a sellout? I mean, come on, move on. He is a sellout. He is a sellout. Come on, man. He's, he's a sellout. Went home. <laughs> he went if home. You were a sellout, no, he, he went home. He went to Toronto. You would if you were playing in like Canada or something. And I'm the staying there. Calling, I'm staying there. I'm staying there. I'm not coming back here. What are you kidding me? I'm staying far, far away from New York. I'm staying in Canada. Crazy. I don't want to go home. Send me to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when was the last time the Isles were relevant? Was that, what, uh, 1983? Hmm. <laughs>
My oh, I, I think it was 94. I think the last time they were relevant. 93, no, know, 94. It was somewhere yeah, around there. Yes, yeah. they were relevant then. And they had Zygmunt Palfi. They had some good players in the past. And they had bad ownership. And now the ownership is good. They brought in a good GM, a great GM, one of the best GMs. And they brought in arguably the best coach in all of hockey. So they did the right thing. And then they went over there and they tried to talk, talk to Tavares like into staying with them. Yes, I like Trotz. Trotz is a great head coach. He yeah, won a Stanley Cup. Yes, yep. yes, yep. Please, and he's one of the uh, winningest uh, coaches. Yep. He's one of the winningest coaches in NHL history. So he, he's yep. he, and he, he want to know something. He knows how to coach talent. He knows how to coach youth. Something that all the other Islander coaches couldn't do, aka Doug Waite. So uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. It's a long Stanley Cup playoff. So we'll, we'll see what they do. But. Uh... I hope it works out for them because, uh, you know, I really do lose the aisles. Uh, you know, it's really <laughs> tough to see them struggle year in, year out. Yeah, definitely does. Anyways, let's go to a break. When we come back, we'll get more into uh, a little sports when we come back. Remember, you can follow us by going to Worldwide Sports Radio. Yes, WorldWideSportsRadio.com. And follow us on Periscope, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. When we come back, we'll get into more sports with me and Mr. Sean when we come back. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, and you're listening to Below the Mic. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Below the Mic. As you guys know, we are going to be live every single Thursday from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. I want to apologize to all the fans for all the inconvenience. We've had, I want to tell you, Sean, in a lot of that segment, we didn't have any sound. So I want to apologize. This is the first episode. We are going to work on all the, the, the mishaps that we've had. And we will be fine for next week. I promise you guys we'll have no problems. Right, Sean? Are we right about this? Yeah, yeah, of course. But the content never suffers. We're on now. And we got to talk some sports, man. we got to move on, talk some sports. Yes, yes. NFL Combine, have you been paying attention? Kyler Murray, he, uh, the 5'10". Are in. 5'10". Yes, he's 5'10". Surprised <laughs> that he came in over 5'10". 5'10 and one eight. I told everybody that Kyler Murray was going to be about 5'10", 5'11". Everybody was saying that he was 5'8". I don't understand it because he looks if – you, if you look at the pictures of Russell, Russell Wilson and you compare his yeah. size to Kyler Murray, they're practically the same size. And if you really want to know athletic ability, I think Kyler Murray is more athletic than Russell Wilson. So if he's anywhere close to what a Russell Wilson turns out, turned out to be, then Kyler Murray is going to be a top three, top four pick. I think this is going to be a big-time pick. I think that Arizona, I know there was, there, there's some controversy going on in Arizona because of, obviously, Kingsbury, Kingsbury being over there. He loved Kyler Murray in, in college, and he already said before he became the Arizona Cardinals head coach that if he, was, if he was drafting number one, he would draft Kyler Murray. Well, he has the opportunity now to draft Kyler Murray, and now Josh Rosen, I mean, stories are coming out in Arizona that he's not happy and that... Might, they might be uh, shopping him, and I think the Giants, if he's available and they're really shopping him, the Giants should jump upon this and give up their sixth pick in the first round because if you can get a Josh Rosen and, and only have to no, give up. No, 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 no. 
Josh Rosen will not fetch a sixth overall pick in the first round. Why not? Not after the disastrous year that he had last year. He had a terrible team around him. You are selling low on Josh Rosen if you're the Arizona Cardinals right now. He had a terrible year. It was. It, it's not. Who did he throw to? Early, by, yeah, Byron Leftwich was his uh, offensive coordinator. It what does was that Mike mean? Mike McCoy before that. He was fired three weeks into the season, four weeks into the season. So, yeah, a lot of it did not have to do with Josh Rosen. Larry Fitzgerald, by the way, is pretty damn good. He's a wide receiver out there. And David Johnson's pretty damn good. Larry Fitzgerald's back. like 80 years old. Okay. And David Johnson. Done, though. And, and he's talking about Jason Witten coming back. He's 80 years old and doing something for the Cowboys. Sean. Fitzgerald is in top-notch shape. The problem with the Arizona Cardinals last year was coaching. It wasn't about Josh Rosen. So how is that Josh Rosen's you fault? You're not getting a sixth overall pick for Josh Rosen. Absolutely are. It would be fools if they would offer it to them, and Dave Gettleman is not going to. Well, but This is what but, – but, but Kyle Murray, though, measuring in a 5'10". I, I was more impressed, though, with 207. A lot of people thought he was going to be 195. 207 is pretty big. Russell Wilson's 215. That's not far from him. Yeah, it, it, to me, I, I beg to differ on what you're saying. And Josh Rosen had the worst offensive line in football last year. And everybody was talking about, well, they need, they, 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 they need to go after offensive line help, not go after the pass rusher like Nick Rosen Bosa. Was horrible. Rosen was, Rosen was horrible because he had no time to throw line. the ball. He did not perform up the standards. And Is he? Knock on him right now. Do you think the Arizona Cardinals would think about taking a quarterback number one overall a year after they tra- they uh, drafted a quarterback in the top? Yes, 10? yes, absolutely. No, they wouldn't. Not it's if not were, if Rosen played better than he did last year. I happen to think it's more coaching. But Rosen had a terrible first year, terrible work year, the worst of any of the first round quarterbacks. He had nobody to let's throw agree. to, and Larry Fitzgerald's washed up. Let's agree. And David did Johnson. Did Allen have anyone to throw to? He did better. What was his fault? Well, hold on, hold, hold, hold on. One of the poorest offensive lines in football. Josh, Josh Allen also had. First of all, he has legs. He, he's, he's not a pocket yeah, quarterback. McCoy, do. McCoy was awful last year. Was McCoy was out. McCoy was out for like three or four games in the beginning of the season because he was suspended. I know he had one of the worst years of his career, so he didn't help. So yeah, but where were the Josh, Allen, Josh Allen didn't have a good season. Josh Allen didn't have a great season. Josh Allen didn't have a great season. No, I know, but he performed better than yeah, he did. Rosen. Well, but, Rosen was the worst of the first-round quarterbacks last year. Last year, but I still believe Josh Rosen is the best pocket quarterback out of all of them. He's no, the best. No, yeah, I do. I do, too. But it was coaching. It was more to do with coaching. He had terrible coaches. That's the problem. And I'm but telling you right if now. If he had a better year, they wouldn't be thinking about drafting a quarterback number one overall. Okay, so now, let me think, ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. I just think it's a lot of smoke, no fire. They will not draft Murray. Let, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. They're not going to get a first-round pick for Rosen. They won't. Let me ask you a question. You're, you're, if Josh Rosen was in this year's draft, is he the number one pick? No. I beg to differ. I do. He was he was the best quarterback as far as numbers are concerned going into the draft last year, besides uh, Baker Mayfield. Had, no, besides besides Baker Mayfield because he plays in a, a terrible division. Okay, and and we all know it. There was no de- There's no defense in Oklahoma's division. Okay, so, but besides the that, the Big Twelve. The Big yes, 12. the Big Twelve. The Big Twelve. And if if you look at Rosen, Rosen played for UCLA, and hey, UCLA you know plays in it. Hey, how did Mahomes do in the NFL last year? He only won the MVP. He played in the no defense Big Twelve. 
So. Yeah, Pat Mahomes is a different quarterback. He's a he, he oh, really oh, sure he is. He's a different he is. quarterback. He's a different quarterback. Pat Mahomes could do everything on the field. Not only throw the ball, but he can move inside and out of the pocket. This is Josh Rosen is a pocket purified pocket quarterback. And to me, John, you to get Josh Rosen, you're going to have to give up you your first round draft pick this year. for throwing against the no defenses in the Big Twelve. It's irrelevant. Look what, look what Pat Mahomes did. It translates. He did great last year. So did Baker Mayfield. I don't so think Ky- quarterbacks are in right now. Yeah, I don't think Kyler Murray is the best quarterback in this draft. I think it's Dwayne Haskins. That's who I think is oh, the best me quarterback. Too. Me too. I think he's I, the best I, quarterback. I agree. Yeah, I think it's Dwayne Haskins, and that's the guy the Giants should target. Now, there's inconsistencies with him as well. You know, he, he has that great footwork. You're hearing. Um, we'll see that at the combine. One year of college football, so there's there's some risk to Dwayne Haskins, but uh, I, I do think he has less risk than Kyler Murray, so I'd agree with you. I, I drafted him first. I, I, I think both quarterbacks have risk. I think every player that's drafted has risks, and that's why... Well, yeah, but there's some quarterbacks that have more. There's some players that have more, and Kyler Murray, in my opinion, has more risk to well, him than a Dwayne Haskins. Let me so ask you a question. Dwayne let me ask you a question. Baker Mayfield got drafted at number one last year. That was a risk. Yep. That was a risk. Did you did you believe Baker Mayfield was going to have the season he had this year? No, I no. did. But I didn't think he was going to be a total boss. But Sam Darnold, I thought was the best quarterback, and he still had. is. And I still believe he is. Yeah, I absolutely still believe he is. But right now, Baker Mayfield had the best season out of all the rookie quarterbacks. Him and Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson in the second half, but Lamar Jackson doesn't throw the ball. He can't throw the ball. But this quarterback yeah, class is terrible. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. This quarterback class yeah. is terrible. Absolutely horrendous. You have Drew Locke. You have Jones from uh, Duke. Ryan Finley. You have some guys there that might have potential later on in the second and third rounds. But, yeah, it's not as deep as last year's uh, quarterback draft. Of course not. No. And how about Jordan Howard is now on the trade block. Chicago Bears is uh, looking to trade him. And you were talking about Le'Veon Bell. Why not the Jets go after Jordan Howard? He's one of the best backs in the league, one of the most underrated backs in the league. He doesn't fit that offense. Give up for him. Well, that's a good question. That's a good question. I I don't know what the Jets are going to – if the Jets decide to trade down, if the Jets decide to trade out of the third pick and move to sixth or seventh, wherever they decide to trade down, and you know that McCagnan is looking to trade down and try to get as many assets as he can in this year's draft, especially with the money that he has to spend in the offseason, I I could see – I could see somebody like the Jets getting three or four second-round draft picks, or maybe a first-round this. They'll get the first round this year in transition. They'll get two second rounds and a first next year wherever they trade, like Jacksonville. Jacksonville might want to move up from seven to three to get a Dwayne Haskins. If that's the case, yeah. they're going to have to right. give up two seconds, a first. They're going to fleece the Jacksonville Jaguars to get to to move all the way up to number three. Look what the Jets had to do. And you know another thing too is Pace. Ryan Pace is what the GM of the Bears. Yes, he exactly isn't the brightest bulb out there. Uh, having traded up for Mitchell Trubisky a couple of years ago from three to two against no one, about fitting himself, and he uh, didn't draft the quarterback that we just talked about, Pat Mahomes. No, 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 or just Sean Watson. No, he drafted Mitchell Trubisky, who clearly is below and and those two other quarterbacks. Absolutely. Uh, so I don't know how, how bright he is, so maybe the Jets can fleece the Bears. I, thing, but Kyle yeah. Murray, though, going back to Kyle, yeah, so yes. Jordan Howard, yeah, mm-hmm. they definitely should look into that. He would be a great addition to their to their team, and it just depends on what they're going to give up. I wouldn't give up a first-round pick for Jordan Howard, uh, maybe a third-round pick for Jordan Howard, maybe a late second, mm-hmm. not an early second. Uh, but Kyle Murray, though, 
You're, you, so you're not concerned uh, that he's just fine? Not at all. I, I think he's going to be a good quarterback in this league. I think Dwayne Haskins is going to be a good quarterback in this league. And I'll tell you this, Dwayne Has- Haskins, you could say whatever you want, his footwork, whatever. When he played against Michigan in, 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 in the ball game, what did he do against Michigan? He completely dominated one of the best defensive teams in the nation. I, I think that yeah, this kid... I think oh, this so kid. JT Barrett, where is he? He's not even in the NFL. Well, JT, oh, hold on one second. Well, JT everyone Barrett dominates everyone who plays at Ohio State. Dominates. JT Barrett. Players. First of all, did J, did, that, did, J, did 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 JT Barrett ever throw fifty four touchdowns in a season and only eight I interceptions? JT Barrett was four and Big Ten Player of the Year. He was. What does that mean? Uh, Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins should have been the. Uh, Dwayne Haskins should have won the Heisman this year. He was the best quarterback in the nation. His numbers show that. No, 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 no way. No, no. His numbers were the best in the nation. Kyler Murray's numbers were not. First of all, first of all, first of all, Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins threw threw eight interceptions to fifty. I think it was fifty four or fifty six touchdowns. State, um, uh, who did they play in the college football playoff? The ball game? Oh, oh, no, no, no. Oh, that's right. They didn't make it. Oh, why did they make it? Oh, because they gave up 50 points to freaking Purdue. How about, how about, Nick, yeah, yeah, that's, that's because Nick Bosa, because Nick Bosa decided not to play the whole no, season. Dwayne Haskins does not deserve. So, so you're blaming, so you're blaming Dwayne Haskins. So you're blaming Dwayne Haskins because of the defense? Was just as good. So you're blaming Dwayne Haskins because of the defense? I'm saying they didn't play in the big games that those other guys did play in, you know, because they led their teams to the college football playoff. Obviously, the Heisman's voted on before the college football playoff, but they led their teams to the college football playoff. To me, that means something. And they had the numbers that were right there with Dwayne Haskins. So I have no problem with Kyler Murray winning the Heisman. Now, does that mean – Dwayne Haskins isn't as good as a professional quarterback? No. just means that he didn't deserve the Heisman over Kyler Murray or Tua. I, I thought he was the Heisman Trophy winner. I thought he had the best season you're out of all of them. You're the only one because apparently he finished a distant third. So you're the only one. Well, and, and, Kyler, Murray, and, Kyler, Murray, and Kyler Murray right now <laughs> is going into the draft as a Heisman Trophy winner, and Dwayne Haskins is a better quarterback prospect. So that shows you a lot. What right that there. It, it, it's college football. Yeah, college football. He was a better college we're football. Talking, we're not talking about projecting them to, to the next level. That, that, that's totally different. Tim Tebow was the, one of the best college football players that deserve the highest. Yeah, he, the, he didn't throw the ball. He no ran one, the ball. No one was thinking he was going to be a great quarterback at the next level. Very few people thought that. So it's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. It's, it's, you know, it, 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 just because Dwayne Haskins didn't deserve doing the Heisman doesn't mean he's not a better pro prospect than Kyler Murray. That's not, you know, that's not, that's neither here nor there. Well, I'm I'm going to tell you this right now, Dwayne Haskins numbers. I'm going to give you Dwayne Haskins numbers right now. You tell me he should. It doesn't he, matter. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Four thousand eight hundred and thirty-one yards. Four thousand eight hundred and thirty-one yards. Fifty touchdowns. Five thousand yards as well when he played at Texas Tech. How good was he in the pros? Exactly. Are you are you, ser- are you seriously bringing him up? <laughs> in the pros, uh, in the college, it doesn't matter. Well, you you keep talking about Kyler Murray. Talked about one of the most prolific college football players. What did that amount to? I mean, he had one little run and then he was benched and never played again. 
I understand that. Same thing with yeah. Kyler Murray. He had one season as a football player, and he and, and you're you're talking about. First of all, if you look at the numbers, just average out the numbers. You okay. Just said he's going to be a good pro. What are yeah, you talking? I about? I do. I you think he's going to be a good pro. But I'm I'm going to tell you the Heisman Trophy before we get we get off this topic. Okay, Kyler Murray's numbers last year because this is the Heisman Trophy winner. He had four thousand three hundred and sixty-one yards. Okay, he had forty-two touchdowns, seven interceptions, with a hundred and ninety-nine point two rating. Right. That's what his numbers right. were. How much? How many rushing yards? Um, da, 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 da. it doesn't really say right here. It doesn't say the rushing yards here. R- hold on, what's rushing yeah, receiving? Close to a thousand. Rushing receiving here. I'm trying to get the numbers here. Rushing receiving. Rushing. Rushing. He had a thousand yards run. He had a thousand yards. Go. Okay. Okay. So. Here, here's the thing. This is a pocket quarterback. This is a pocket. He's a consistent pocket quarterback. He, th- he threw for 500 more yards. He threw for seven or eight more touchdowns in less games. And he only threw one more interception. How is he not the Heisman Trophy winner? I just told you who had more total yards. Yeah, rushing yards, rushing yards. He's not a running quarterback, so you're going to give you're going to give it to you're going to give it to the rusher or Dwayne Haskins. I'm, I'm t- Dwayne Haskins was the best quarterback in the nation in my eyes last year. Well, uh, listen, he finished a distant third. It's a moot point. Like uh, no, no one else argues that. I mean, uh, Murray, I'm arguing it because I think he so. had better numbers. Yeah, I think. It, 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 yeah, all right. That that's good. That's December conversation. We're talking <laughs> about who's going to be the better pro. All right. Uh, so I mean, and Kyler Murray clearly was the better quarterback in college. He won the Heisman. It's like, it wasn't even close with with him and Dwayne Haskins. It was close between he and uh, Tua. But uh, so I don't know what you're arguing. Look, the, the point is, I think Kyler Murray coming in at 5'10", 207, I think that's good for his prospects of being drafted in the top 10 because people were concerned. If he came in at like 5'8", 195, I, 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 there was no way he was going to be drafted in the top 10. No way. Mm-hmm. So it's a good day for Kyler Murray. Now, will he translate to the next level? I'm not too sure. I don't know if he's a Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield's a different animal than Kyler Murray. They played in the same – system they played at the same school they won heisman's but kyler murray is not as big and it's not as, as baker mayfield and i think that will hurt him at the next level when, when he plays finally uh, over baseball it's, it's interesting but uh let's get into the combine quickly and 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 we'll get into the next subject that we're going to get into uh, the combine is starts really today it started today and they're they're starting to to, to give the heights and 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 the weight, you were just mentioning Kyler Murray that he's five foot ten and he's two hundred and seven pounds. Nick Bosa, th- this is nine and a half. Nick Bosa has been really arguably the number one pick going into this year's draft, and everybody was talking about how this guy is by far the number one pick. And they said that about Leonard Williams, he was by far the number one pick going into the draft. He fell to six. Now you're hearing that Kyler Murray might be moving up to one or possibly two. Does Nick Bosa fall? Yeah, possibly. I think he will fall. fall because there's going to be teams that are going to jockey for the two quarterbacks that we talked about, Haskins and Murray, and they're going to trade up, and they're going to take one of those, one or both of those guys, multiple teams. So, yeah, I do, do think Nick Bosa will fall to six. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think he'll fall that far. It's interesting to me because I do believe that Nick Bosa – Will fall. I think he'll fall out of number one. I think San Francisco will stay put, and they're going to draft Nick Bosa. I don't think he falls past two. If he does, 
I don't see the Jets trading down. I think the Jets draft Nick Bosa. He's not falling past the New York Jets if he's sitting there because the Jets need a pass rusher. This right. guy could be yeah. a, a game changer. He, he can be him and Josh Allen are game changers. These are the guys that can get to the quarterback. But I love this draft for defensive players. You have Quinton, Quinton Williams from Alabama. He's going to be a, a beast of a man. We just talked about Josh Allen, Nick Bosa. There's a lot of good pass rushers. This draft, this particular draft, is all about the offensive line and defensive line. When was the last time we talked about a draft being all about the lines? This is this is. Are you going to be able to get an off a good offensive lineman in the third round in this year's draft? You will. You, absolutely. This is a heavy defensive draft, especially the first round, second round. You mentioned a lot of the big guys there. Um, so, yeah, if you're looking for offense, you could get, uh, like, third round, fourth round, a really good quality player. Although, defensively, I mean, sorry, if you're looking for a defensive player, like third or fourth round, there's a lot of depth in the draft for that. Offense, though, I mean, even the quarterbacks, I mean, it's not like last year's quarterback draft. draft. Um, if you were drafting this year, would Kyler Murray be ahead of Rosen, Donald, and Baker Mayfield? I don't think so. He'd be like the fourth guy. So just for quarterbacks alone, it's not uh, as good of a draft. Uh, so, yeah, if you're looking for defense, this is a great draft. And, and I'll tell you this. There are a couple of big names that I'm, I'm going to be looking forward to watching in this year's draft. They're saying that the Jets are drafted out from the Jaguars, and the Jaguars will move up to three and draft Dwayne Haskins. They're saying that Nick Bosa, this is a mock draft that I'm reading right now off of CBS Sports. Um, they're saying Nick Bosa will go one, Josh Allen will go two, the Jets will trade out, and Dwayne Haskins will get drafted by the Jaguars. The Raiders will draft Rashawn Gary. The Buccaneers will draft Jonah Williams. I think it's a big mistake. New York Giants will draft Dexter Lawrence. The Jets will be drafting Quinton Williams. All the way, TJ um, Hawkinson, Ed Oliver will go to the Bills, and the Broncos will draft Greedy Williams. That's the top ten. I, I So, yeah, it's interesting you mentioned Hawkinson, mm-hmm. the tight end from Iowa. Mm-hmm. Top ten. He's he's projected to go in the top ten now. It's, mm-hmm. it's insane. He started the year – as a registered sophomore behind Noah Fent mm-hmm. at Iowa backup, and he just exploded onto the scene, and now he's going to be a top 10, maybe top 15 pick, definitely. Uh, it's amazing that you mentioned him in, in with those guys. The other guy you mentioned, though, that mm-hmm. I want to talk about is Rashawn Gary. Mm-hmm. There, I, you know, <clears throat> as a Michigan fan, watch every game. He did not live up to the hype as the number one overall high school football recruit. Mm-hmm. He's, but he's a little bit of a tweener. He does, he's not the prototypical defensive end he's a little bit bigger but he's not the prototypical you know the jj watt type tight end the three four type uh, type tight end the five technique he's a little small to play that he's six three well, we'll see what he measures at six three about like 275 280 it, it'll probably bulk up to 290 but i don't think he could, could carry weight uh, above 285 he's interesting because i think somebody would be making a big mistake by drafting him in the top 10 it's very, very interesting because you're looking at this draft, and I'm looking at all these mock drafts. It's right in front of my face. I, a lot of these mock drafts are all over the place. And some people say Kyler Murray will be drafted by the Bengals. Other people think that the Dolphins will move up and get Kyler Murray. Yeah, nobody knows. It's a guess. It's yes. It's a guess. They don't know. But here's the thing. What do you look forward to the combine? What do you like to watch? Do you like to watch the defensive linemen, the offensive linemen, the quarterbacks, the receivers, the running backs? I always like to yeah, watch I the mean, running the backs. Quarter- yeah. I like the 40 
the forty yard dash is the most interesting. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I like to look for like the skill position guys. Quarterbacks, it's kind of boring. They're just throwing to the seven on seven. They're just throwing. So to you the think receivers who are running patterns? You think the forty yard? That. That's what you like to watch the forty yard dash. When I think it's the least importancy of that whole combine. Oh, right? it might be, but it's exciting. Oh it's yeah, exciting. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. And it and it still matters. I mean, if you run a blazing forty yard dash, you're gonna get you're gonna get drafted high. Mm. Uh, if it's just the, the whole thing. I mean, none of these things are really that interesting to watch. Three cone drill, right. broad jump, vertical, uh, you know, the, the height. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. They were all kind of similar, but the forty yard dash is, is exciting because it, it does tell you, you know, how fast somebody is, and and that's the sexy thing to to always talk to your buddies about. So yeah, I look forward to that. I do want to get into some basketball conversation, and there are stories coming out from Miami that Pat Riley and the Heat will pursue two max players in 2020, which is very, very interesting because it's 2019, and everybody says that this offseason is the big season to get a, uh, a big-time a big time player, and you know Kevin Durant's going to be available. Do you see, do you see Kevin Durant going to Miami? No. I don't. I see Kevin Durant going to the New York Knicks. Why? Why would you? Why would you say that? Uh, that's my question for you because we haven't his spoke buddy, about this. His buddy Ivory is a assistant coach. He played with him at Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he wants to get out of Golden State. Legacy purposes, he wants to win without Steph Curry. Right? Mm-hmm. He wants to prove to everybody that he can do it on his own. He's not going to play with LeBron. He talked about. LeBron and all these fanboys, how people sweat him in the media and they never criticize him. I don't think he wants anything to do with LeBron in L.A. Clippers are a possibility, but uh, I definitely see him if going to New York. That's the team that set up for him and his boys there and Ivy, the, the, the assistant coach. So, Well, Pat Riley. Set it up for him. Yeah, but Pat Riley. I don't see it happening. Yeah, I don't pa- see him going to But Miami. Pat Riley, he talked to LeBron James. Nobody ever thought that LeBron James was going to go jo- join Dwayne Wade and, and Chris Bosh, and he right. did that. He surprised everybody. And Pat Riley can talk. All you got to do is throw with the rings on top of the counter. For two max contracts, the Knicks do. The Knicks, and the Knicks, they could win now, right? If the Knicks sign Kevin Durant and Kyrie or Kevin Durant and Kawhi or, or whomever they add with a second uh, max contract, with the young kids they have around them, they're, they're ready to compete for, for a championship. Really? Miami? Yeah, in Miami, they don't have the room to sign two. I, and I'm, I'm a Knicks fan. I'm a Knicks fan, but I, you, I can't even see what Kevin— playing with? I can't see even with Kevin Durant and and Kyrie. I don't think is leaving the Celtics as much as everybody thinks that he is. He's not leaving the Celtics. Let's say no, Kevin. But yeah, right, right, right. I, the Knicks will mess it up somehow. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> but 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 if, if uh, I do think Durant's going to leave and the Knicks make the most most sense. If I had to guess now, that that could change. But if I had to guess now, I'd say the Knicks. I I, I say the Knicks too, but. Uh, how about Pat Riley? Uh, Pat Riley has figured out and, and absolutely has talked players in to coming and playing over there. Sha- Shaquille O'Neal, he talked Shaquille O'Neal to come and play over there with Dwayne Wade in his rookie season. He's done this over and over again. He's brought talent everywhere he's gone, even with the New York Knicks. He's brought talent, and he's won. He didn't win a championship with the New York Knicks, but he's taken them all the way to the sure. promised land. So he, right. this is a guy yeah. that knows how to win. And, and and Pat Riley, all he's got to do is take his rings and slap it on the counter and say, look how many rings I've won. How many did you win? Yeah. You know? Well, Durant's won, too. But you know what? Should Durant leave? Yes. Golden State? Yes. Why? 
I think he should leave Golden State for one reason. When when you look at Kevin Durant and everybody compares his his background of his career, and you talk about OKC walking out on Russell Westbrook when he could have won with the OKC Thunder, he was one game away from knocking him out, being up three one, and then all those things started. Everything started to collapse, and he decided to go and flee to the Golden State Warriors. He won with the Golden State Warriors with three other superstars. I agree with you. I think that he wants to go somewhere where he can win a championship with his own band, where he can win win a championship with his own players. And nobody's ever going to say that he won it with Steph Curry or Draymond Green or DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah. You know? Are you concerned, though, about his seemingly sensitive uh, personality? No. I mean, you know, when no. he left Oklahoma City, he didn't like all the criticism that he was, you know, ring chasing and, you know, and all that. And so he created a burner account on Twitter. Yep. To get six, back to some of the six, fans. six burner accounts. About, yeah, he's talking, he's going after the media because they keep asking him questions about what he's going to do in the offseason, mm-hmm. like chastising a reporter and all that. I think he might be a little too sensitive for New York. He's very, very sensitive, but he, you can't stop. Uh, you can't stop greatness, and he's a great player. He's a top two player in the league. No, but aren't you concerned as a Knicks fan if they keep signing that he's just going to fold under pressure? Fold. And what, what, be able what, to handle the New York media? Well, how is he going to fold? He's shooting a basketball. He's going to the hole. He's doing the things that he does best. This guy's going to make a lot of money no matter where he goes. Why is he going to fold coming to New York? It's not going to be him that's going to fold. It's going to be the well, players around the New York him. Media is going to. Beyond him, and so and what? Pressure so and what? The amount of attention he can't handle it. Hold he on one second. He's it. he's got he's over sensitive. he's got over two million people following him on uh, on Twitter. The, he's sensitive. Look, yeah, he's, he's sensitive. In Golden State, so is LeBron in the shadow of Steph Curry, mm-hmm. right? So he's not the dog out there. Right? Yes, he is. He's the best uh, player on that team. Winning, and you're, they're winning, and he still can't handle the, the the pressure of the media asking him questions. What about New York? If there's a, like a three or four game losing streak, and and, and they're just hitting the skids. Is he going to just be able to handle like the, the the questions that come from the media? I don't know. I mean, that, that's a different animal in New York. We've seen uh, players fold before in New York. Kenny Rogers with the Yankees. Giancarlo Stan didn't actually perform up to a task last year because of the amount of pressure coming from Miami. So it's a concern for me. I, it's not a concern for me. I think Kevin Durant fits perfectly over there like a glove. Like Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray couldn't handle New York. Look, there's certain Sonny Gray. Just can't Sonny Gray was a fly ball hitter, a, a fly ball pitcher, and everybody knew he doesn't fit Yankee Stadium. He never pitched well in Yankee Stadium. He gave up a lot of home runs in Yankee Stadium. It didn't make any sense why the Yankees made a hey, move. Listen, newsflash: He mm-hmm. couldn't pitch on the road for the Yankees. He's a bum. Well, he, he just, his his ear his ERA. The pressure of New York. Well, well, his ERA at home. Some guys that just can't handle the pressure. Well, his ERA. Rogers is a perfect example. Is he, he lived up to the billing? He was glad to get out of here. I worry about that with Kevin Durant. I do. Sonny Gray's ERA was like uh, it was like a, a run a run and a half more than he did away. Okay, <laughs> it's a huge difference. I mean, I, I think he was a better away. And I think I think and I said this over and over again. Don't be so surprised if Sonny Gray is an All Star this year with Cincinnati. I think he fits perfectly yeah. Yeah, over there. I tell you, he couldn't handle the heat. Get out. Get out of the kitchen. Well, I, I think he's just better. He's better fit in the National League than he is in the American League. That's just my opinion. So, well, no, he pitched great for Oakland. That was in the American League. What yeah, it's also in a band box. He's that's a that's a hit. That's a pitcher's ballpark. The, the Oakland well, Athletics. Oakland is a is a pitching ballpark. Go look at it. It, it absolutely is. Every no, single no, pitcher. No, but he, he was a disaster for the. Yankees. So were half the play. Oh, I, the half the great pitchers that came out of Oakland. Ball. 
were horrible when they went to other teams. Horrible. Go name a bunch of them. Every one of them that left Oakland were horrible. And that's why I tell you. Donaldson, you're boring. You, you, you're trumping up Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson. Well, hold on. Josh, Josh Donaldson is a hitter, and he hit very, very well with the Blue Jays. He won an MVP hey, with the Blue Jays. Yeah, case in point. Look, look. Actually, Sonny Gray was good on, uh, away from Yankee Stadium last year. Yes. Seven I, I said, with a three point I said that, yes. ERA. Yes. At home, 6.9. I know. I just said it. Almost yeah. almost two, two, point, two, two runs. That's more than that. Well, you know, I, I don't have it in my front of my face. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. You know what? He just couldn't handle New York. No, he couldn't handle the ballpark. He couldn't handle the pressure. I I don't think he could handle the ballpark. That was the problem. That's more than the ballpark, man. Wow. I mean, but look, Kevin Durant, though, going back to him, it, it'll be interesting to see how he handles the, the New York media if he does come here. But the Knicks, they, they do need him. They need, they need a star after training my boy Porzingis. Mm. Oh, um, your boy? So, uh, He's your boy. Somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we go back. We go back. Latvia. We used to vacation oh. in Latvia together. Yeah, family is family. Yeah. All right. So we're not going to go to break because we, uh, we have 20 minutes left of the show. So we're going to go to this segment of the show, and we're going to call this The Price is Right. Here we go. All right. We got the music in the background and everything. Here we go. So uh, you tell me, when I, when I give you certain subjects, you tell me if the price was right. You ready? Yeah. Bryce Harper, 13-year, uh, year over $300 million, $330 million contract. Was the price right? The price was right. I think it's a good deal considering he's only a- uh, averaging $25.4 million per season. I think the price was right for Price Hopper and the Philadelphia. I think I think the price was right. Thirteen years was a little overboard, and it's guaranteed. And he and and, he, and there's no opt out, so he he plans to stay there with Philadelphia. I do believe that the whole the whole skepticism to this is Matt uh, Mike Trout will be a free agent next year, or he could opt out of his contract next year. And a lot of people believe that he wants to go to Philadelphia. If that's the case, I don't think they're going to pay two players over three hundred million dollars. They're going to have to trade uh, for Mike Trout, and I do believe Bryce Harper will be the guy that they trade with the Angels and send him over to L.A. where he wanted to go anyway. So, oh, wow. Yes. Already yes. Off yes. Yes. Already. Yes. Wow, that, that is something. I believe that Bryce Harper, he wanted to go to L.A. He wants to be closer to home where he's from, Arizona. That's not happening. I, no, I do believe it's going to happen. I do believe it's going to happen. Rumorville. Right. <laughs> we'll call this Rumorville. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and we're going to do our betting lines, too, by the way. Yeah, uh, we'll do the yes. game prop bets. Yeah. Is the price right? The Yankees signing Savarino and Hicks to a team-friendly deal. The price is right, yes. I love this. Seven years, $70 million for Aaron Hicks. Locks him up. He is young enough. He's just uh, 29 years old. Great center field defensive player. Uh, really came, came along with the bat uh, as far as hitting home runs and, and overall player. Price definitely right. $10 million a year. That's a great price for Aaron Hicks. And Luis Severino, what a deal they got for him, right? Yes, ace stuff. I know he folded last year in the second half of the season. <laughs> and that's a concern. But he definitely he has the potential to be an ace. 
if he if he re- regains and stops tipping his, his pitches as, as, as he uh, was known to do after, mm-hmm. I love it. Price is right. Good job, Yankees. I think the price was right for both of them. The problem is with the Hicks deal. You gave him, even though it was a five-year, fifty-eight million dollar contract, there is two years left on the back back burner on that, and that's $10 million. Even though I think Aaron Hicks, if he he plays as well as he did last year with 27 home runs and almost 80 RBIs, and he could actually play most of the season, this is a guy that's fight injury after injury after injury. If you can get a a, a shutdown center fielder as good as Aaron Hicks and he plays as well as he did last year, it's a steal. $10 million, a center fielder that talented, you're going to probably pay between $20 and $25 million. That was a steal for the Yankees. Savarino, it was an absolute steal. Yes, his second half was not good. The last two seasons, his second half was not that good. He was third runner-up last year, not last year, the year before, um, uh, for the Cy Young. He had 16 wins that year. I think it was 16. He was 16 and uh, 8 or 16 and 9. He had a great season that year. He played, he pitched very, very well. He came right behind Verlander. And uh, who was the other guy that was, it was, it was Verlander and somebody else. But, uh, uh, and, and and this year, I think he was six in the voting. He fell apart in the second half, but he still won 18 games. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Savarino is an ace type of pitcher. He needs to figure out. Uh, uh, in the second half, how to pitch and when to pitch and how well to pitch against some of the the lineups that he's going to have to face in the second half of the season. But besides that, four years, $48 million with an option uh, for a fifth, that's a great deal for the New York Yankees. That was a steal for the New York Yankees. Uh, Phillies, buy or sell. Phillies giving Andrew McCutcheons a $50 million contract. Buy. Oh, I'm buying this. Yes, I do know that Andrew McCutcheon is not the MVP that he was with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Mm -hmm. I understand that. But I am buying. You know why? I watched him as a New York Yankee last year, and I was impressed. He batted the leadoff. He replaced my my guy, Brett Gardner, and started every day. I was impressed. He has a high on-base percentage still. Doesn't hit for high average anymore, but he does get on base still. He has pop. So, yes, for that price, I am buying because – he also brings leadership qualities, leadership um, abilities to that Philadelphia Phillies uh, lineup. So, yes, I'm buying all the way. Great deal for Aaron uh, Andrew McCutcheon. I don't like the deal. I think it's too much, but I think McCutcheon does fit that ballpark. He's a pull ball hitter. It's, it's perfect for his swing in that ballpark. I think he'll hit more home runs over there in Philadelphia. Even though he played in New York, he played in New York for half the season, and he only hit. I think he only hit five home runs. I still think he can hit about twenty home runs next year. The problem with him is he's older and he's not the same outfielder he once was defensively. I think it's going to be a problem throughout the three-year contract that he signed, and eventually he's going to be. Uh, well, when the DL comes out in the National League in the near future, he's going to be a DL hitter. So that's what I think he is. I don't think he's. He's an outfielder anymore. I think he's old, and he's uh, he's not the same player he once was. Buy or uh, how about this? Is the price right? Should a team sign Dallas Keuchel if it's a little it's if it's a little bit under a hundred million dollars? No, I'd pass on Dallas Keuchel. I, you know, I just don't like his the way his uh, slope, his arc, mm-hmm. the arc to his career is going. His stuff wasn't as good last year as it had been in the past. I don't think he could pitch and get away with it at a high level. If you're going to pay him that high price of a little under $100 million for a contract with, what, five, six years, I don't. I, I definitely sell, sell all the way. I, I do not like 
paying uh, Dallas Keuchel. I buy amount. Dallas Keuchel right, right now if I can get him $80 million right now for He's four not years. the guy who pitched, uh, lights out. At Yankee Stadium, that playoff. Well, hold on one second. If you look at his, if you look at his numbers, the last five seasons, he, he pitches one good year, he pitches a bad year. He pitches one good year, he pitches a bad year. Last year was just supposed to be his bad year. He pitched a bad year. I think this year is is a perfect year to to, to buy him. I think he's worth twenty million dollars. He's a, he's an ace. No, I would say he's, he's a second. Not. I would say he's a second. He's probably a second starter on a team in a rotation. On other teams in the National League, he could be an ace. You're talking about the Brewers. If the if they brought Dallas Keuchel. He's an ace on the Brewers. He's an ace. I, I think Dallas Keuchel is worth about $19, $20 million. This is a guy that won the Cy Young two years ago. He had one of the best pitching performances in the American League. Yes. Two years ago. That's a long time ago. Well, it's, it's He's st- not the same pitcher. He's not. He's not the same pitcher. Look, in 2017, he had a great first half. He hasn't been the same since the second half of 2017. Mm-hmm. So I'd be concerned there's no way I'd pay him that much money. 15 a year, fine. What are, you, what are the Yankees paying? CC 7.5? Sure. They're not going to get much out of CC this year. Uh, so I'd pay him double that. I'd pay him 15. I, You're going to get a little bit out of CC. He's 20s or low 20s a year for Dallas Keuchel. No. He's a good pitcher. Don't get me wrong. He's not that pitcher that he was in 2015, though, when he won the Cy Young. No, I'm not saying that he was, but I, I still think his numbers are, are, are relevant. I mean, last year he, he he was 12 and 11, but his ERA was 3.74. He's no Sonny Gray. Oh, he's no, no Sonny Gray. League. No, in the American League. In the American League. Yeah, yeah. he's no Sonny Gray. I mean, if after the year before that, the year before that, the year before that, he was fourteen and five, and his ERA was two point nine zero. Terrible second half. He did give up two hundred and eleven hits in two hundred and four innings. That's concerning to me. Yeah. Well, I, 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 I whip. A lot of guys on base. Yeah. I, I, I just don't like it. Yeah. I, I wouldn't do it. All right. Well, I'm going to buy Dallas Keuchel. Should, um, is the price right? Should the Mets give Jacob DeGrom the contract he believes he deserves now while he is still controlled for the next two years? Wow. This is, you know, it's interesting. Well, I, I would need to know numbers. What are, what are the Mets looking to give him? What does what, what DeGrom want? 30, $30 million a year for six years. Would you do it? He's kind of old, you know. He's he's over thirty already. You know, he's thirty one. Mm-hmm. If he pitches out this contract, uh, he'll be what thirty seven, thirty eight in the final couple of years of that. Yes, I don't think he'll be successful at, at that age, making that much money. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, I do think if I'm the Mets, why even give him a contract extension at this point? Let him pitch out the season, and and you have him under control for another season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Franchise at, him at a again. Great price. You know, you're not the Yankees. You're not the Rockefellers. You don't have all this money that you can throw around. So you, you, it actually works for you to uh, let DeGrom pitch out this season and not give him a contract extension for $30 million in six years. I am buying. This is a guy that has proven the last three years that he has been their best pitcher. You talk about all the pitchers they've had, the Noah Syndergaards, the Wheelers, the Mats, and, and, and Harvey. This is a guy. This has been the guy for you for the last five years. The fact that when you look at this player, and this this player deserves all the money in the world, yes, he, he went from $7 million to $17 million, $10 million, which is the most ever to be jumping from, from, from a franchise tag for a pitcher. I still believe Jacob deGrom deserves between 25 and $30 million. He's one of the top three best pitchers in baseball right now, and why not sign him now? Why don't you, why don't you take those two... Hello. All right, I got you there. Ah, I, I thought I, oh, I, I was loud. It was loud. Yeah. 
It was loud, but I got you. I don't know how we lost you. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so you were saying about DeGrom. No. I, I'm saying that Jacob DeGrom, when you look at his numbers, he's been the best pitcher for the New York Mets for the last five seasons. You've had Harvey. You've had Syndergaard. You had Wheeler. You had Matt. Everybody misunderstands who Jacob DeGrom. He doesn't even have a name. You know, talk about all these guys like Thor and Harvey, the Dark Knight. They never even gave this guy a name. And what he has done so? is what this guy has done for matter. the New York. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about. Okay, I'm, it's Sorry, not even go about. Go ahead, go ahead. I, I'm, I'm talking about what he has done. Look at his numbers the last three seasons. There, there might be one pitcher or two pitchers in a league that have numbers like him. 31 years old. Think about it this way. Take away the franchise tag. Pay him between twenty-five and thirty million dollars. Give him the six-year deal or the five-year deal that he wants. Paying him close to thirty million dollars. You take away the two years off of that, so he'd be thirty-one, thirty-two, thirty-three, thirty-four, thirty-five. He'd be a free agent at the age of thirty-five, thirty-six. You got the great years out of Jacob Degrom. You're paying the guy. You're paying your guy. And maybe he signs for a lesser contract after that to stay with the New York Mets and retire with the New York Mets. I think you pay Jacob DeGrom right now. Give him what he wants. This guy has had one of the best seasons in, in, in baseball history as far as pitching is concerned. The, look at the numbers. It, there hasn't been a pitcher that pitched that good in over a quarter of a century. That's how good Jacob DeGrom was last year. Yeah. So I pay him. I would absolutely pay him. All right. Lakers staying pat. On not trading all these assets, all the all their assets for Anthony Davis. Are you? Is the price right? The price was right. Yeah, I definitely would have been all in for Anthony Davis. No, but, do you? you know, do you think the the question was Lakers staying pat on not trading all their assets for Anthony Davis? Well, they they did uh, offer. Most of their assets. All their assets. Yeah, <laughs> their whole team. <laughs> their whole team. But LeBron James. Yeah. It was Dell Demps, the now fired uh, GM of the Pelicans, who operated in bad faith, and, and that's why he was fired because they got out, basically. And they had no intentions of ever trading them because they, they could get Kyrie. Uh, not Kyrie. They could trade Anthony Davis mm-hmm. to um, Boston and get Jason Tatum. And, but they have to wait until J- July 1st because of some rule. Because uh, they, they can't uh, make a trade for Anthony Davis right now, uh, the Boston Celtics they have to wait till July first, and so they were never going to trade to LA. If you could get Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum is better than Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and Kyle Kuzma. He's a better player than any of those guys. So I don't blame the Pelicans for not doing the deal, and but but the Lakers not doing the deal. Yeah, I mean it, it hurts them. It back it's going to really hurt them going forward because they need that second superstar for LeBron James. I think it was a good move by the Lakers that it didn't go through. Giving up all those assets and, and four first-round draft picks I was hearing that they wanted, and they wanted Brendan Ingram, they wanted Kuzma, and they even wanted Lonzo Ball. It made absolutely no sense to give up all those assets for one guy. Yes, he's a great player. Is he going to jump you over the hump over the Golden State Warriors right now or in the future? No, because I still think the Rockets are better than them, even if they added Anthony Davis. So I think, it uh, to me, it was a good move, so I'm going to buy that, that they didn't trade away all their assets for Anthony Davis. Last two questions. The price are right. The price is right. The Knicks trading Porzingis and the other bad contracts for Smith, Dennis Smith Jr. and two first-round draft picks. Price Do- is wrong. Price is wrong. Now, uh, are, you, are you to believe the Knicks in that Porzingis said he would not sign an extension? If that's true, then they had no choice. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that. I, I believe, believe it. that the Knicks just wanted to clear space because they thought they could get well, they still think they can get two better players. 
in the long run. They can get a Kevin Durant and a Kyrie Irving, and they think that's better than a Kevin Durant and Porzingis or a Kyrie and Porzingis. That's why I think they made the deal. And I, if that's what they're thinking, I think they're fools because they're banking on getting two superstar players, and I don't have faith the Knicks can get it done. Remember LeBron James, 2010? He was coming here. They wind and dined him, and he just he left, and he went to Miami. I don't trust the, the Knicks organization to land the top caliber players that they need to land to make this Porzingis trade worthwhile. I think it was a great move for the New York Knicks. This is a guy that has, in, in his three, three and a half seasons that he was with the New York Knicks, he couldn't stay healthy. This guy tore his ACL. He's seven foot three. When you hurt your knee or you hurt your foot, you're never the same player. He's a great shooter. He wanted to go play with Luka Doncic. I, I was hearing stories that when they came and played uh, the New York Knicks the day before, before he got traded, he was sitting down with Nowinski and he was sitting down with Doncic and at dinner and they were talking about him joining them in the near future. He did not want to be re-signed with the New York Knicks. He already said he didn't want to do a signing trade. I think he wanted out of New York. I think him and his brother had plans after that meeting with Nowinski and Doncic that he wanted he wanted to go over there to the Knicks the next day. Why is it? Why does that not surprise you when you think about it? Dallas played them the, the night before. They went to dinner, and then the next day they were sitting down with the brass telling him that he wanted to be traded, and then he got traded to the Dallas uh, Dallas Mavericks. I think he absolutely wanted out of New York, and I think it was a good move for the Knicks, adding Dennis Smith Jr. They should have drafted him when they had the opportunity, but they still have him now. And they got two first-round draft picks, and one of them that is not protected, which means that if any one of these players, Doncic or um, Porzingis, gets hurt, that sets them back. That's going to set them back for the season. They're going to be a lottery team, and that means the Knicks could have a top 10, two top 10 picks in the near future. <laughs> that's not happening. I'm just saying. But I'm just that's saying. That's not going to happen. They're not getting that. Uh, Porzingis and Doncic are going to be a, wow, dynamic duo. Okay. I'm them. telling you right now, they're never going to win anything in, in the West, ever. Well, we'll see. They have to add. Yeah, well, yeah. How are they going to add? They have no. They, they, they're they over. So good. Guess what? Luka Doncic put him on the bench, put, made him irrelevant. They traded him because Doncic is that much better. Well, let, so, me tell, let me tell you something. Might be better than uh, they took. They took. He's not a all star that you think is going to make. They have no way of adding a big time player with those two players in the next three or four years. They took Tim Hardaway's contract. They took all these contracts away from the New they'll, York they'll Knicks. Get rid of it. Well, they'll get rid of it. Th- there's no way they're getting rid of that contract. Other, other teams have, have added players around two superstars that made it happen. Well, look, good luck. Good luck on that because I, I don't trust. The, I don't trust European players. players. They have the room. They'll, they'll be able to add people down the road. I don't they're trust. Young. is 19. I know how old they are. And, and for is 23. 23. Yeah, it's I know how old they are. going to be a, a free agent in two years. They'll have time. Okay. I think I think they're they're not going to be they're not going to be they're going to be irrelevant for the next four to five years. Even with Doncic and Porzingis, they're not winning anything they're with not the Nuggets now. Yeah. And Porzingis isn't they're, even playing. Well, they, is that much well, of a, well, hold on. Uh, they're not irrelevant. They're not even a player. Are they a playoff team right now? With Doncic, are they a playoff team right now? Are they a playoff team no, right now? No, they're not. But All right. they're relevant, though. They're relevant. Nah, I don't Doncic. think they're relevant. Uh, care about last one. Price is right. Are the Knicks doing the right thing, opening up the cap room, thinking Irving and Durant are coming? Are the Knicks saying it again? We have are the, I have to do some in-game props with you. Yes. Are the Knicks doing the right thing, opening up cap room, thinking Irving and Durant are coming? No. I said no because it's going to backfire. It's I think I, I'm going to agree with you. I, I would not bet on Durant and Irving coming, uh, but I do like the Porzingis move. I think that I think he didn't want to be a Nick, and I think it was a great, 
great move by the New York Knicks getting two first-round draft picks. One of them not protected. The other one could be not protected in the future as well. So I, I like the move for the New York Knicks. And adding Dennis Smith Jr., you can solidify your point guard position for the future if you can't get Kyrie Irving. So I like no, the move. No, he's, he's, I don't know how good he is. Dennis I mean, Smith Jr.? Since he's come Dennis to the Smith Knicks, Jr., yeah. since he came no, to the Knicks, he's averaging almost 17 points and seven assists. That's pretty damn good. That's pretty damn good. What did he do on, on the Mavericks with the Doncic game? What did he do? With what are you talking Doncic? about? They wanted to, they, the, the coach did not like Dennis Smith Jr. He didn't like him. Play without the ball. Carlisle did not like him. Look, here's the problem. He needs the ball in his hands in order to be successful. Really? And a lot of guys like that. Really? You know what? If you get Kyrie and if you get Durant, they need the ball in their hands. Let me ask so you a question. Have it in Dennis Smith's hands. He's not a complimentary. Let me ask you a question. We got to move okay, on. Okay, let's go. Let's go. Props. Come on. Let's, props. Do so let's, do a couple minutes let's do it. Let's right. do it. Let's do it. That's what we want to do. It's going to be me versus you, and mm-hmm. we'll put a little, uh, you know, a little bet on this. Maybe okay. a nice little dinner yeah. or whatever. All right, let's do this. Let's do this. Here. All right. We'll let's do it. Go. We'll do it every month. We'll do it every yeah. month, and then we'll go take each other. Whoever loses has to take the other person to dinner. All right. FanDuel. Okay. All right, over-under point score. We're looking at the Jazz tonight mm-hmm. because that game has yet to, to uh, tip off. Mm-hmm. Donovan Mitchell right now is set at 25.5 points. Are you going to go over that or under that uh, in his last uh, two games? He scored 32, 25, 38, and 20 in his last four. Mm-hmm. Just to give you an idea, he's averaging 22.9. Mm-hmm. And the over-under the over under is if he scores over 25? Yeah, 25 and a half the number. Who are they playing tonight? The Jazz or hold on a second. Let me let um, me get let me get the games tonight. Get get, get it up for you I, Yeah, I, I'm going to get the games tonight. Let me let me bring it up so we could do this and we could do it quick and and fit it, fill it in. Here we go. All right. The Utah Jazz is playing Denver tonight. All right. I'm going to say an under. You're going to say under? I'm going to say under 25 tonight against Denver. In Denver. All right. All right. I like that. I'm going to go over just to disagree with you. Okay. Uh, just so we have a little bit on the line here. All right. Let's move on. Let's, let's pick another player. Let's mm-hmm. pick Nikola Jokic. Points over under 21 and a half for tonight. And who is this? I'm sorry. You were going in now. Nikola Jokic. 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 I'm going to say over, what did you say, over 21 points? 21 and a half. Uh, I would say over. All right, I'm going to go under that. So we have a little differing here. I think he's more of a a points, rebounds, and assists guy. Mm -hmm. Not heavy on the points. I think he'll go under that 21 and a half for tonight. Uh, Let's get one more just so we have three that's a little different. Let's go Rudy Gobert. Mm -hmm. Plus rebounds. Over under 29 and a half. Rudy Gobert points and rebounds. Uh, I'm going to say under. You're going to say under? Uh, I'll say over just so we have a. Just to wrap up here, all right, we have three prop bets here for tonight mm-hmm. Nuggets and the Jazz. Rudy Gobert, you have the under 29 and a half. I have the over, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Donovan Mitchell, mm-hmm. 25 and a half points. You said what? The under, under. and I took the over? Yes, the you took the over, yep. All right. And then the last one, Nikola Jokic, you took the over 21 and a half. I took the under. Yes. Points. 
Yes. All right. Cool. We'll see tomorrow, uh, next week, how we did. Yes. And, and want to know something? I, I do want you to pick uh, uh, tonight. Uh, you have Cleveland and New York. Cleveland and New York. Who do you have? Knicks. Knicks win their third in a row. I have Cleveland. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> we're not going to have any more problems next week. I promise you guys. So we'll have a list of props. Yes, we will have props. I will have props. We're we're working out the the screws in this uh, on the show, but we're going to have different props on the show. We're also going to have giveaways. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to have giveaways where you can actually call up the show and interact with us uh, when when he actually gets a computer that actually works on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll uh, see. Uh, uh, it would it absolutely bogus, help us. <laughs> links. You're sending me bogus links with viruses. No. Get out of here. I'm not doing that. <laughs> All right, buddy. I had a lot of fun, man. Absolutely. Look to it next week. All right. Well, that's it for Below the Mic. As you guys know, you can tune in every single week on Thursday from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. at night with me and Sean. We'll be here. Sean will definitely be, definitely be on the picture next time. We'll have no sound problems, so don't worry about that. Uh, but until then, this is Errol and Sean saying good night, and we'll talk to you then. Good night, everybody. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.